so reading talks between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Rai. Yesterday we discussed Gyanshunya Bhakti, which was the first thing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted in terms of what Rai Ramananda had put forward as possibilities for the uh, what the goal of life might be, the ideal, what we should pursue and how we should pursue it. So Gyanshunya Bhakti, in a very basic sense, we learned is that bhakti that is not encumbered by jnana and karma, jnana in particular, Gyanshunya. In Birhat Bhagavatamrita, we have a gradation, as we have here, of theistic thought, and where it begins in terms of being acceptable, in a sense, or of, of being on the spiritual platform, proper, is with Prahlad Maharaj, Shantarasa. Now tonight, Mahaprabhu asks Roy Ramananda to go further, and he takes us from the basic platform of Gyanshunya Bhakti, or in a sense, pure devotion, Avaroha Pantha, the idea of that we can go up as much as he descends to us, and makes himself knowable. You know, the famous conversation that Sridhar Maharaj had with gentleman from Arya Samaj, whose name has come up recently on the uh, internet. Brahmadas was doing some postings on some forum called beliefnet.com, things I had said and getting into discussions with people. One fellow from ancient Arya Samaj, which I thought was history, got on there and made some comments. Arya Samaj was one of those groups that, as I understand it, hearing from Sridhar Marsh, cropped up at the time of the Hindu Reformation in the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, a reformation of Hinduism as a response to the Orientalists who were the first Indologists, but they had a very strong Christian bias. And today I believe Indologists want to distance themselves from the findings or conclusions of the Orientalists about India, which were not very flattering, and particularly they didn't flatter Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Braj Bhakti, although they did come to the conclusion that the Bhakti in Vaishnavism was the closest thing to the true religion, Christianity, as they saw it. But when they came to Braj Bhakti, Vrindavan Bhakti, Krishna of the Srimad Bhagavatam, they said, oh, they hear the whole thing goes to hell. Immoral. Krishna is immoral. And much of the Hindu leadership, thinkers, religious leaders and so forth, they really couldn't counter it. They really couldn't answer it. And wanting to be on the cutting edge and up-to-date and not succumb to the British, merely into Christianity, some of the leaders of the Reform group acknowledged the divinity in Christianity and then they made kind of a 
Hindu form of Christianity, really, in which, for example, Krishna of the Bhagavatam was rejected, but Krishna of the Bhagavad Gita was okay. There he's noble statesman and hero and speaker of Upanishadic wisdom and so forth. He's not dallying with gopis in the bushes and uh, other people's wives. Arya Samaj was one of those groups that came up with a new idea of Hinduism, and one of the things they did was throw out all the Puranas, said they were written by the various popes to suppress the people, and therefore there are so many conflicting stories of creation and advocacy of worship of different gods as being supreme and whatnot. Things which, of course, our Sampradaya has answered. Jiva Goswami's Tattva Sandarbha and Pramayakanda answers much of the uh, responds really to much of the arguments they made. Not that he was responding to them in particular, but it is a voice to uh, speak to them through. And louder, of course, than that is the actual mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the uh, person of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who was contemporary of these reformers and who was a reformer himself but didn't throw out the baby, as they say, with the bathwater. In fact, he brought to light really the significance of Krishna Leela, Raja Leela. And as we see today, it's gone all over the world through his vision, his successors, and um, that speaks pretty loudly. Whoever heard of Arya Samaj in the Western world and who's heard of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Bhagavad and academic circles have noted that it's a very extraordinary religious uh, conception and contribution to the to the religious world, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, uh, if not more than that. And the Bhagavad is an extraordinary work of religious content and uh, and so on. So Shiddha Maharaj anyway had an encounter with Arya Samaj many years back, one of the leaders there. And I don't know everything about their philosophy, but they pretty much reject everybody else, apparently, and they're very, Brahma was telling me, they have a website, and um, they don't accept anybody except the leader of Arya Samaj. I don't know if it was that gentleman that Sridhar Maharaj had a conversation with, but one of the leaders challenged him, and he said that infinite is not so if the finite can know him. So I guess their idea was infinite is unknowable. And Sridhar Maharaj responded that infinite is not infinite if he cannot reveal himself to the finite. And he silenced that gentleman. He had nothing to say. This is really what the basic idea of Gyanchanya Bhakti is. Again, that if infinite wants us to know, we can know. If not, we cannot. And when we just think about that basic point, it should put us in a certain mental framework that causes us to understand the idea of exercising our heart in prayer and that there's something more powerful than what's between our ears and our physical energy for accomplishing our ends. It's the full exercise of our heart, of our soul. Really, uh, it's the power of, as Sridharmash would call it, negativity or tearfulness, desperateness, necessity. According to the measure, extent of our necessity, then we can draw some sympathy from above. And although this, as I said, Sridharmash would call it negative, appears negative, it's so much draws the positive that our position becomes extremely powerful, far more powerful than what we could arrive at by any other exercise. Because we're drawing from outside of, after all, our bodies and minds and intellect so forth are a product of our karma. That is our bondage. So they're not going to be extremely useful in and of themselves for getting out of the bondage. 
if we take help from outside of bondage, then even these things can become useful. This is the basic idea. So Mahabhu wants to hear more. And in the words, well, if we've accepted this, then where do we go with it? We're on the basic platform of pure devotion, not depending on any intellectual exercise to uh, make our way in life, fully depending on the Lord. So he answers, Ramananda Roy says what? So, one thing is, Gyansunya Bhakti, he spoke of kind of as a sadhana. And now we respond sadhya. So the sadhana, our sadhana bhakti in pure devotion, is fruitful when it turns to the bhav bhakti, which is really prem bhakti. Prema suryam susamya bhakti. Bhav bhakti, prem bhakti, sadhana bhakti, they're different. But this bhav bhakti has likeness to sadhana bhakti and likeness to prem bhakti. In other words, in bhav bhakti, which is the emotional state of bhakti, when spiritual emotions have dawned, Sudha Sattva has awakened in the heart. Sudha Sattva means the internal energy of the Lord. Then there's still practice, there's still culture that goes on. Therefore, it's similarity to sadhana. But its similarity to bhav or to prem is also there. And much as that emotional state is ray of the sun of prema. So the ray of the sun and the sun are the same. So that bhav really is prema. It's of the same quality, but it's churned, cultured, developed naturally, spontaneously, and um, turns into the sun of prema. So we have the three divisions, bhav, bhakti, prema, bhakti, and sadhana bhakti. And sadhana bhakti is, is really such, it's really so, if it turns into bhav and into prema. Otherwise, it's not. You're not practicing if you're not getting the perfection. Practice makes perfect. So he responds that, well, prema bhakti sarva are the essence of all sadhya, all perfection, is prema. And then he gives two praman verses. This is the standard of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and we should learn from that. He makes a statement in Bengali, that is the native language. This is the one book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, of all of the Goswami Granta, and it can be considered as a Goswami Granta. Granta means scripture. The Goswamis are the founders of our Sampradaya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was just an ecstatic ocean of love of God, and they understood him, and then they institutionalized, in a sense, what he was about by writing scriptures, which were based on the revealed scriptures, revealing what that wonder of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was all about, giving us a, a way of talking about him and uh, understanding him and how to approach him. So we have Bhakti Shastra, something we call Goswami Granta. And this Krishna Kaviraj Goswami was like the next generation. He came to write this book, which is the book by which he became most famous. He also wrote Govindalamrita, and I believe he wrote that before this. And um, another book as well. He wrote a commentary on Krishna Karnamrita of Vilvamangala Thakur. But this book, and those are in Sanskrit, this book was written in common vernacular, Bengali, and it's the only one really of the Goswami Granthas uh, that I know of. It's, of course, we have Chaitanya Bhagavat, but Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami was a student of the six Goswamis in Vrindavan. At a very old age, he wrote this with their permission, and it's about maybe 10 15 percent Sanskrit, and that Sanskrit is the Pramana verses or the evidence from the accepted body of knowledge, scripture that he quotes to support his points. So he makes a point in a native tongue, and then he supports it with scriptural references. And this is a standard in our particular succession that by which we can distinguish, because we accept the standard body of knowledge, the scripture, 
those who are just kind of making up as they go along and those that are speaking in accordance with the scriptural canon, with the law books. So he gives two Pramana verses here. They're both from Padavali of Rupa Goswami, which happens to be maybe a questionable Pramana for some, but it's a collection of verses that uh, he put together from unknown authors. Maybe they didn't want their names attached to them. Maybe he knew who wrote them. This one, anyway, this first one, second one as well. I think that's the only place they're found is in Padyavali. Nano pachara krita punjanam artobando prem naiva bhakta hridayam sukha vidrutam syat yavat shud asti jatare jarata pipasa tavat sukaya bhavato nanubhakshapeye As long as there is hunger and thirst, eating and drinking make one feel very happy. When the Lord is worshipped with pure love, Transcendental bliss is awakened in the heart of a devotee. So you see what he's talking about here is a kind of sadhana, which he's compared to what? Hunger and thirst. When you have real hunger and real thirst, then food and drink are real good. They go together. So when the Lord is worshipped purely in pure devotion, then devotee experience, if the sadhana is pure and proper, then the bliss of Love is awakened in the heart of the devotee. Then a more famous verse, the second Pramana verse, Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavitamati Kriyatam Yadikuto Pilapite Tatra Lolyam Apimolyam Ekalam Janmakoti Sukitir Nalabjate Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavitamati It says Krishna Bhakti Rasa is very, very rare commodity. And if you can get it, Somehow or other, if you can purchase it in the market, by all means do so. The price for it is the eagerness, the greediness even, to have it. It cannot be had. It cannot be had by thousands of uh, births of pious activities. He says, There's only one way to get it. One price that you can pay to acquire this, that is uh, lolium, greed, greedy for it. So both of these verses really appear more to be talking about rag-bhakti than vaiti-bhakti. You know, Prabhupada wrote a little book that we published, and the Shingamarsh led up the publishing of that. It was called The Search for the Ultimate Goal of Life. And it was a book that Prabhupada wrote basically about this conversation, taken from Chaitanya Charitamrita. And, um, and there he gives a slightly different opinion than he gives here about the first verse. Here, in this edition, he says that the first Pramana verse deals with Vaidhi Bhakti. The second one deals with Rag Bhakti. Whereas in Search for the Ultimate Goal of Life, he says, these are both dealing with Rag Bhakti, spontaneous love. I liked that latter interpretation, it seems to apply a little bit better to me. So let's go with that, since we have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) The Acharya has given us a choice. Two different editions. So Rai Ramananda is saying, and oftentimes in Gaudiya Sampradaya, this Prem Bhakti is considered synonymous with Rag Bhakti and Vrindavan Bhakti. Although there's a Bhava and there's Prem of Vaikuntha and so forth, more likely the term Preeti which is synonymous with prem, is 
synonymous with Brajabhakti. For example, Thakur Bhakti Vinodas explained that the four types of Vaishnav Mukti, Salokishasti, Samipya, Sarupya, and the fifth, which is not a Vaishnav type of Mukti, Sauja, they're not favorable to Preeti, to Prem. So that reference to Preeti Prem is a reference to Brajabhakti. Those types of liberation, desire for them, they impede the development of Prem. They can get you to Vaikuntha, but desire for them will get in the way where you're entering Goloka. So Prem Bhakti, the goal of practice that is fueled primarily by thirst, it's been compared to hunger, greediness, a certain type of intensity. You must have it. Now, this is a controversial uh, topic because in Gaudiya Sampradaya at large, this idea of lolium, greediness, is taken rather cheaply. Whereas Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur did not take it cheaply. One thing you have to understand about Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's preaching and his mission was that it was very much oriented towards the idea of revelation. Again, the descent of divinity. Focus here, Shudamar should like to say, Bhagavatam's message is, mind your own business. This is again along the lines of Gansudni Bhakti, mind your own business. Don't be curious here, there, and just to collect so many facts and things. Mind your own business. Life is short. Tend to what's pertinent to you for your progress now in your stage. Focus there. And it's not so important if you don't know so many things, even about higher topics of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada's standard kind of response to many, many questions about higher topics was, why don't you go there and find out? We should not be so much concerned with the healthy condition, if we're sick, to the extent that we neglect to take the steps to reach there. This is the idea. We have to focus on taking the medicine. And then you know. Sridhar Marsh once said, he was asked a question about Ujbal Nilmani. Now, Ujbal Nilmani is a very important book. It's one of the, it's a seminal work of Rupa Goswami. Bhaktura Samrita Sindhu is there, then Ujbal Nilmani. Bhaktura Samrita Sindhu, he gives the whole overview of bhakti. Bhakti Rasa. And so he goes, explains Shantaras, Dasiras, and Sakiras, and Vatsaliras, and Madhuryaras, and all the secondary rasas, and in so much detail. And Madhuryaras he speaks only a little bit about, even probably less than about the others, comparatively. But then his sequel to that is uh, Ujvil Nilmani, where he speaks exclusively about Madhuryaras in great detail different developments within it, and, and then the term is supported by an example from the Leela that illustrates and so forth. Shudamarsh was once asked a question about it, and what did he say? I never read it. Now that would make you faint. Prabhupada once was asked a question after Shudamarsh and Prabhupada had met in Navadweep. After a long time, Prabhupada had come back to America, and back to India, excuse me, with his disciples, and he took them to Shudamarsh's moth to observe the Vyasa Puja of Shudamarsh. And today I will teach you how to do the Vyasa Puja. And they went to Sridharmarsa's mouth. And it was the day that was being observed by his disciples for him. And Prabhupada lingered and associated and they had some talks. And one of the disciples of Prabhupada afterwards asked, what were you and Sridharmarsa talking about? And what did Prabhupada say? If I told you, you would faint. And when I hear this from Sridharmaraj, Shastranipun Sridharmaraj, as he was called by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, means scriptural genius, and he was so fond of the scripture, and sitting and going over verses in his mind, thinking about different ways. That's how he would preoccupy himself. 
And he answered this question, I never read it. That make me faint. <laughs> he never read Uj Bulling Money. And there's nothing lacking in him. He followed that with, I never read it. He said, but I'm not an atheist. What he meant by that was what? I don't think that because I didn't read a particular book written by Rupa Goswami, although I've been engaged in bhakti my whole life and serving my Gurudev with all of my energy, it's according to his direction that I'm going to be missing out on something. God will say, well, you didn't read that one? Sorry. <laughs> and there are so many books, too many books, too many books to read. And Rupa Goswami says, you shouldn't read too many books in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's one of his prohibitions. Not to read too many books. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhagavad Gita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Srimad Bhagavatam, Upajashamrita, all these books, they'll be very useful. Other books may also be useful, and of course this is different for different persons. Some persons may have more of an intellectual aptitude, and, but that's a dangerous thing in itself. You have to be cautious about that. So my point is that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's movement was very much stressing revelation. Act in such a way that Krishna will want to see you. That's a very important point. It's a very powerful emphasis. It was an anti-intellectual emphasis in many respects. A fellow asked Sridhar Maharaj, one of my godbrothers, he said, because I think in, in Sridhar Maharaj's association we were a little freer to look into some things, literatures and so forth, than we were in, in Prabhupada's association, or we, or we felt that we were. And this fellow was an intellectual type, and he was feeling a little relief, I think, because of the anti-intellectual climate in ISKCON of sorts. Um, and so he said to Sridhar Maharaj, Previously, I was discouraged from even studying Jiva Goswami's Hari Namamrita Vyakarna, which is a book of Sanskrit grammar by Jiva Goswami. And he was speaking along these lines and then trying to elicit a particular response from Sridhar Maharaj. And Sridhar Maharaj said, yes, we are in agreement with that. <laughs> yes. Hmm? <laughs> Shocked him. Hmm? Chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> this one mantra, Mahaprabhu, I got everything from. You got the one, well, you got the Krishna mantra and Krishna Nam. We also getting Krishna mantra and Krishna Nam. He got from his guru and then he went mad. One mantra. He got all perfection. So, not that we shouldn't study the scripture, we should, but it should be such that we derive from our study impetus, fuel for practice. We can go there and know for ourselves. As I've said before many times, all this is just an outline to the book of life. And there's a page in that book, and your name is written on it, your story is written on it. And it has to come out. It has to be published. <laughs> it's there in the computer, but it hasn't been published yet. And you are the one that's supposed to publish it by exercising yourself in such a way that you get the energy from Krishna to do that. So, what we're discussing is the idea that this lolium, greed, is, in Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur's estimate, not a cheap thing. The general fare, the general idea in the Gaudiya Vaishnava community at the time, and still today in many sects, is that, oh yes, if you want to be, uh, you want to bhakti, then you practice Raghunuga Bhakti, and 
if you're interested in that, you're greedy and therefore you're suited for Raghunuga Bhakti, so it'll give you your Siddhadeha, it'll tell you you're such and such a gopi and you go and chant so many rounds and, and people weren't, uh, and aren't qualified to just become Paramahamsas today. Sit and chant and do the things that uh, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Raghunadas Goswami were doing. So, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarskitakura saw that as a problem, and he interpreted greed differently. He interpreted, well, if you've got a greed for Krishna, then you haven't got a greed for anything else. So, greed is an anartha, an unwanted thing. So, the idea is, is anarthas are gone. And, well, it has to come in stage of sadhana bhakti, because Raghunuga bhakti is, is sadhana. So, he considered, after anartha nivritti, one is qualified one can get that. At the stage of asakti, ruchi, asakti. At the same time, we can consider ourselves rag-bhaktas because we are in a sampradaya that we become attracted to, initiated in, that is advocating that, rag-bhakti. bhakti has put the two together, bhakti and raganuga bhakti Although they're separate, they lead to a separate ends, they're also connected. They're connected in as much as if your ideal is rag-bhakti, braj-bhakti, and you approach the vaiti-bhakti, embrace the, the vidhi, with that in mind, then that embrace of the vidhi-bhakti, in bhakti Vinotakura's language, will produce the jewel of this attraction, lulyam and adhikar, qualification for rag-bhakti. So we don't take it cheaply. Tatra lulyam apimolyam ekalam. That's the only way. And the example of that greediness is Bilba Mangal Thakur. He's been given in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu as an example of a sadhaka. We study a little bit about his life, a couple of things, and we, just, we think, oh goodness, I don't even belong in a category of a sadhaka, practically. The intensity with which he he wanted to have darshan of Krishna, you know, he plucked out his eyes because he found his eyes had distracted him through mundane sense objects, what kind of greed he had. This is lolium. Raghunathaska Swami is the example of lolium greed. What did he do? He had greed to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And what did Nityananda Prabhu do? He says, calm down. <laughs> Mahaprabhu told him, slow down. Go home and take it easy. And let's see if this is for real. <laughs> is there any substance behind this? Because if it is, we're not worried. Nothing will be able to check it. <laughs> That's the, if you're worried, do I have that greed or do I not? Then you don't have to worry anymore. You know, you don't. So he went home, Daska Swami, and he looked for every opportunity to break free and join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he was surrounded by material circumstances that would make it very difficult. In other words, his parents were wealthy and they provided him Everything a young man could need, wife, cook, servants, money, whatever he wants, you can have. He wanted nothing. So much so that he left in the dead of night on the pretext of worshipping the deity. He left and traveled 12 days and nights through the jungle rather than going by the main road for fear that his father would come and find him. When the mother said, you have to bring him back, what did the father say? She said, bring him back, handcuff him. He said, what will handcuffs do to this boy? He's broken the shackles of material life, all the surroundings that we've put around him to trap him here, to imprison him here. 
He's broken them. <laughs> it's much more powerful than any physical handcuffs. What did that do? Oh, this way he went. He joined Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He got the shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Lolyam. Oh, this is not uh, a cheap thing. And here, this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is relishing. It's not just some day one aspect of sadhana bhakti. It's a very developed form of practice. It qualifies us for practice with some feeling, ruchi, some attachment, asakti, developing into bhava. Prabhu kahe ho hai agi ar, roi kahi dasya prem sar. Hearing up to the point of, Prabhupada says, spontaneous love, the Lord said, that's all right, but if you know more, please tell me more. And Roy Ramananda replies, Spontaneous loving service in servitude as exchanged between master and service is the highest perfection. So now he begins to talk about dasya bhakti in spontaneous love. And then he'll speak about sakya bhakti and vatsalya bhakti and madhurdya and then develop that madhurdya. Prior to dasya bhakti, you may notice something seems to have been left out. What is it? Shanta bhakti. Why? Because generally... It's considered Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give Braj Bhakti. And he came to give it in four mellows. Dasya, Sakya, Bhatsalya, and Madhurya. Not Shantaras. Because generally Shantaras is, it develops up to Rati and Prem only. But Braj Bhakti develops beyond Prem. That's why in this body, we can develop in this human body up to Prem. But if we want to enter Vrindavan, and if that's the kind of Prem we've cultured, cultivated, and attained, we need further development in terms of sneha, man, pranay, rag, anurag, bhav, mahabhav, and this body cannot contain the ecstasy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what happened to him? This is the lesson. You have to get a gopideha or gopadeha, an ex-birth in Krishna Lila, wherever it's appearing in the phenomenal world. And there, this development, and this development of prem is relative to one's tai, one's dominant emotion. So in dasya bhakti, for example, then we develop sneha to man and pranay and rag. And in sakya bhakti, it goes up to anurag. And vatsalya bhakti, up to anurag, but deeper stage of anurag. And madhurya bhakti, up to bhav and mahabhav. And this is the, just the general description. There are so many subtleties and divisions within this as well. Just like the friends of Krishna who help him in his loving affairs with the gopis, they develop up the bhav. This is the second kind of bhav. Not the beginning bhav, which is synonymous with rati. But bhav just prior to mahabhav, excelling beyond the Vatsalya Prem. So there are differences, but this is just a general idea given here. So Shantaras is up to Rati and Prem. And the object of love for the Shantabhakti is generally the Paramatma. Now at the same time, we should note, Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur has taught that there is Shantaras also in Golok. And perhaps the logic to this is that Krishna is Rasaraj. So, Sain Bhagavan Krishna is Rasraj. That means he tastes all rasas. So, he's also tasting that Shantabhakti, but not much emphasis is given on that. And that would be obviously a special kind of Shantabhakti. 
So we're beginning with Dasya Bhakti, and Mahabharu is, of course, appreciating that, and it's characterized by something called Mamata, and Prabhupada mentions it in his purport. Mamata is a kind of intimacy, a kind of a minus, like, of sense of the Lord is mine, and I'm the Lord's, and that is not present in Shantabhakti. Shantabhakti is more of a cognitive ecstasy, a cognizance of the Supreme Lord, but not a sense of uh, relationship is not as developed. Therefore, it's called neutral. So you can understand that it's a little bit... uh, the spiritual world is fueled by partiality, not by neutrality, by bias. Partiality for the Lord in the particular form, the particular sentiment, and so forth. The Kumaras, they're examples of Shantabhakti. And when they saw the Dasyaprem of Vaikuntha, they were astounded. Because they saw this Mamata, they saw this sense of the Lord, Narayan, that whatever his servitors did, he took responsibility for how much he identified with them and how much they identified with him. They took note of that. I thought it was very extraordinary. Rai Ramananda has begun his description of the Prema Bhakti like this, with Dasya Bhakti. And then again, he gives his Praman Yan Nama Shuti Matrena Puman Bhavati Nirmala Dasya Tirtapada Kimba Dasanam Abhashishite. A man becomes purified simply by hearing the holy name of the Supreme Personality of God at whose lotus feet create the holy places of pilgrimage. Therefore, what remains to be attained by those who have become his servants? Babatanam evanucharan nirantaha prashantani chesha mano ratantaraha kadaham aikantika nityakinkara prahashayishyami sanata jivitam By serving you constantly, one is free from all material desires and is completely pacified. When shall we engage as your permanent eternal servants and always feel joy to have such a perfect master? A verse from Stotratna of Jamunacharya, and that is, of course, the Dasya Bhakti Sampradaya. So, some examples of that. And Prabhu Kohe Eho Hoe Kitu Age Ar, Rai Kohe Saki Prem Sarvasadya Sar. Mapu says, it's good, but say some more. So he says, Sakya Prem, from Dasi to Sakya, he gives his Praman. Itam satam brahmasukhanu bhutya dasyam gatanam paradaivatena maya shritanam naradarakena sardam bijahu kritapunja punja. Famous verse from 12th chapter of 10th canto, Agasur Lila. Then we come back to that. Those, this is a statement of Sukadev. Those who are engaged in self-realization, appreciating the Brahman effulgence, those engaged in devotional service, accepting the Lord as master, as well as those who are under the clutches of Maya, thinking the Lord is an ordinary person, cannot understand that certain exalted personalities, after accumulating volumes of Sukriti, are now playing with the Lord in friendship as coward boys. He was astounded to see the intimacy of these boys in their relationship with Krishna. Prabhu kahi eho uttam agi kaha ar rai kahi vatsalya prem sarva sadhisar more vatsalya bhakti pramana nandakima karod brahman sreya evam mahodayam kashodava mahabhaga papo yasya stanam hari O Brahmana, what pious activities did Nanda Maharaj perform by which he received Krishna as his son? And what pious activities did Mother Yasoda perform that made the absolute truth? Personality of God in Krishna, call her mother and suck her breasts. Namam, Mirincho, 
Nabhavo nastir api anga sangshaya prasadam lebire gupi yatat prapa vimuktidat. From the ninth chapter, that's Vatsalya Leela, Damodar Leela. The favor Mother Yasoda obtained from Krishna, the bestower of liberation, was never obtained even by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, nor even a goddess of fortune, who remains on the chest of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu. Yet that prapya vimuktidat, vimuktidat. Very, she got a very special kind of mukti. So Prabhupada uttam adhikahar Your statements are certainly getting better and better, one after the other, but surpassing all of them is another transcendental mellow. And can you speak of that most sublime mellow? Ramananda Rai said, yes, conjugal attachment, kantabhav. Madhurya Bhav for Krishna is the topmost position of love of Godhead. Nayam Sriyonga U Nitantarate Prasada Swadyoshitam Nalina Gandaruchyam Kutonya Prasotsavesya Bhujadanda Grihita Kanta Tabdha Shisham Yad Udagad Bhajasundarinam Udavas, one of his statements in Bhagavatam about what he saw when he went to Vrindavan, commissioned by Krishna to bring a message to the gopis, how he was astounded by their love. When Sri Krishna was dancing with the gopis in the Rasalila, the gopis were embraced by the arms of the Lord. He's talking about, he didn't witness that affair, but he's talking about it. This transcendental favor was never bestowed upon the goddess of fortune or the other consorts in the spiritual world. Indeed, Never was such a thing even imagined by the most beautiful girls in heavenly planets whose bodily luster and aroma resemble the lotus flower. And what to speak of worldly women who are very beautiful according to material estimation. This is the conclusion of Uddhava and it's significant that Krishna picked Uddhava to go to Vrindavan to bring a message to the gopis. Of course, Uddhava was his confidential friend in Dwarka, as confidential as a friend can get in Dwarka, was Uddhava. And, but other than that, Uddhava was a very, very learned person. He was a great scholar. So for him to go to Vrindavan and say, these illiterate people in general, and women in particular who were illiterate in those days, gopis, they, they weren't educated. They just helped to take care of the children and uh, cook and clean house. And Uddhava is paying Dandavat to them over and over again. What is the knowledge that they have, that knowledge that is synonymous with preem, that kind of knowledge of a very high caliber. Uddhava was astounded by it. So it's significant, as I say, that Uddhava was sent, if we know who Uddhava is. And that's one of the reasons he was sent, because in the Leela of Krishna, of course, throughout it, as we talked yesterday to some extent, there's a lesson for us. It's pregnant. His carefree play is pregnant with knowledge, with the kind of knowledge that is part and parcel of bhakti. Sambandagyan, good instruction on how to serve the Lord. Tasam avirabhut shodhi smaya manumukambuja pitambara tara sragvi sakshan manmatamanmata from Raspanchajai, Rasalila of Bhagavatam. Suddenly, to the gopis' feelings of separation, Krishna appeared among them, dressed in yellow garments and wearing a flower garland. His lotus face was smiling, and he was directly attracting the mind of Cupid. Manmata, manmata. So these are his verses that he cites to illustrate what he's talking about from the revealed scripture, Kantabhav. Then he gives an important verse. He says, Krishna praptir upai bahubidahai Krishna prapti tarat amai bahutha achchai 
There are various means and processes by which one may attain the favor of the Lord. All those transcendental processes will be studied from the viewpoint of comparative importance. Kintu dhyanra yeiras se sarvottam tata sta hamcha bicharile achetar nam. It is true that whatever relationship a particular devotee has with the Lord is the best for him. Still, when we study all the different methods from a neutral position, we can understand that there are higher and lower degrees of love. Increasing love is experienced in various tastes, one above the other. But that love, which has the highest taste in the gradual succession of desires, manifests itself in the form of conjugal love. He's going to go on to explain this. We'll hear these verses tomorrow. Analogies he gives and so forth to explain this point. But important to note is that that love that one develops for Krishna is best for you. But from a neutral position, objectively speaking, there are degrees. That won't have much bearing on you when that love in your heart manifests and awakens. Gaudiya Sampradaya emphasizes the height of this Madhurya Ras that Mahaprabhu tasted, came to taste. And in one sense, we extol the virtues of this and we direct everybody in this direction. But the wonderful thing about that, of course, is that all the types of love, every aspect of other types of prem are all in Madhurja. It's a strong emphasis of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, that the prem that we're interested in is inside of our soul, our heart, in a form that it can't, that it's unable to manifest. And by the catalyst of association with the Guru and Sadhu Sangha, it can come out. I think Bhaktivinoda Thakur uses the language Satchirananda Anu, particle of this is, is there, but it can't be activated. You have to get a key to get, it's like a treasure that you've inherited and it's been hidden away because you're too young to Take advantage of it. And someone has to come along, the, the lawyer, and say, from the court, yes, now the time has come. Here's the key. You can take it. A little bit. <laughs> you have it. It's there. Don't worry. Now, do like this, act like that, and you'll get your inheritance. So, that means that we're all attracted to Gaudiya Sampradaya, so we've come here. It's even possible Gaudiya Sampradaya is so attractive that there may be Vaikuntha Bhaktas who have come. And from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then they can realize the fullness of their capacity to love as a soul and go to that place in Vaikuntha that corresponds with that. An example is sometimes given. When we all sit down and take prasadam, we serve the full meal to everybody. But people have different capacities mm-hmm. to eat. And we serve everything, but some may like this part more than that part. And so we have an innate tendency and taste and you know, we serve a Godi we serve the full meal <laughs> <laughs> we give the feast everything and take it in as much as you can and you'll rise to the level of your own capacity for love and you'll be happy but not in any forced or artificial way we're not forcing everybody you're all gopis you have to be like this and this is the only Tao Sampradaya it's the only no and any true follower of Bhakti Siddhanta even if they preach like that, when pressed, will say, we'll back up and say, yes, and everyone has their own capacity to love and it will come out. And that is our interest. That is a day for celebration, whatever it is. So my point in that saying that is that we may emphasize Madhurya Rasa in a theological sense from a neutral point of view, 
But if anyone develops any kind of bhav and prem, so rare, so difficult, then who are we to criticize that <laughs> for any any reason? How can that be a bad thing? When Shidamarsh reasoned spiritually that Prabhupada's taste was for Sakiras, and some people complained, he said he was shocked. He said, did they think it is a bad thing? <laughs> I thought it was rather a compliment. <laughs> so that's a whole other discussion, but here the point has been made. Yes, we can say for preaching, we emphasize this point. This is the furthest reach. But what your position is in all of this, that's not just a theory. That's a reality, and that reality will have to be realized by practice. So we'll stop there. Any question? Yeah. It's said in some places that Radharani is called the Mahabhava Surupini. That's her prerogative. She's the only one who can right. contain and express Mahabhava. But you mentioned many times that Janava Devi said that the Manjalis can are so identified with Radharani in the service of the divine couple that they feel and they feel something even more intense. So when they say that she's Mahabhava Surupini, is that like the first or sh- more sheltered? Understanding, or it's a different kind of Mahabhava. I mean, it's Bhama Bhav She's the very form of Mahabhav, personified. But others can experience it also. That's the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's the that's the extraordinary uh, gift. That such possibility exists by His grace. That's that's what's meant to make you faint. If you understand it, how is it possible? That's the Radha Dasyam. They identified so much with Radharani, Tadbhava, that they experience her bhav. And yes, it has been mentioned nine times more. I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> nine times more than what? Than infinite love? I mean, in every you see, all of these types of love are infinite, and still they're developments within that. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's a very uh, high theology. So, that's what Mahaprabhu came to taste. When Mahaprabhu in Puri, he tasted the Manjari Bhav. He can't taste it. Krishna can't taste it. He's trying to and going crazy. There are high topics. There are different kinds of Mahabhav. Ruda Mahabhav, Adiruda Mahabhav, Adiruda Madan, Adiruda Modan, Mahabhav, developments, all these things, this, this is a subject matter of Ujwal money. That's what the book's about. And I never read it either, but I have looked it over. <laughs> but no, I, I think I did read it, actually. But it's um, examples of all these developments of within um, Mother Dibhakti, primarily, and examples. You can see how it will be of interest to someone who's, who has the capacity to cultivate that and is involved in that cultivation then it's a roadmap analyzing that uh, development of Prem, Bhav. Anything else? Well, these are very high topics, a high idea. What then would be the most effective way for one to assess where they're at? Well, that's why we have a guru. Tell us to get to work. Otherwise, it requires a little bit of honesty, quite a bit of honesty and integrity. It's not hard to figure out where you're at. Just figure on the bottom and you'll be pretty close <laughs> to the top there. Above <laughs> the topmost understanding. <laughs> yeah, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur said, don't be too anxious in this lifetime to sit down and do bhajan. 
that was the way he preached. Next lifetime, maybe the next lifetime after that, get a good foundation. What's a few lifetimes? That's nothing. But if you get a cracked foundation, then what? And if you're too quick to want to build the rest of the floors and you don't take time in the foundation, then you've got a real problem down the road. Just like I'm anxious to see that roof on the building there, but <laughs> that foundation's taken a long time, a long time. But that's time well spent. All right, so we'll stop there. Chaitanya Chiritamrita Ki Jai.